going to jump into a real short series this today and next week called Unspoken Power. Unspoken Power. Um, Christianity is called the Great Confession. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus raised from the dead, you shall be saved. The great confession, that's who we are. But, but I have found just in my journey with the king and just as my time in ministry that there's a lot of believers, there's a lot of Christians that are not living a victorious life. They're not living a life of power. Their life does not have power. And they are saved. These are saved people, born again, the Holy Spirit living in them. They cannot get, have victory. They're not overcomers. They're not pressing in. They're not seeing God do incredible things. They don't feel like they have power in their life. And I promise you, the reason you don't do it and the reason you don't have the power is because of what you're professing. I'm telling you, folks, Christianity is... It's called the life of confession, but we're not confessing what we need to be confessing. We're confessing like the world, and we're not confessing the word. We are confessing the world. What we hear the world say, we say. And then we want to come in here and, and, and really experience the presence of the Lord and feel the power of his presence. But then we go out there and we get our teeth kicked in for six days and we can't wait till Sunday and we walk in here with crutches and we're asking God to do powerful things in our life. He raises us up. We got power walking out and by Monday we're flat. How many of y'all say, God, I, I mean, I, I miss the church. I, I need to come and get filled back up. I hear it all the time. This is not a filling station. I, this is a filling station. I'm, I'm telling you, listen, Pax and I love you. We're going to bring it to the table every time we meet. But if you're relying week to week on our diet, you're going to starve to death, my friend. Chips and dip, they're fun, and I can eat a ton of them. But I'll take a ribeye any day. Because I'm hungry an hour later after chips and dip, but that ribeye, I can go six hours if need be. Listen, this is what you've got to eat from. The great confession. We don't have power, and we're not seeing victory in our life as believers because we do not know how to confess the word. You've got to confess the word, and we're going to jump into that today. Proverbs 6.22 says this, You have been trapped by what you said, ensnared by the words of your mouth. Hmm. Man, we're trapped by what we say, and we're snared by that. I want you to look at a slide. Guys, pop that slide up, if you would, that first one. Faith-filled words will give you power and victory. Fear-filled words will defeat you. Words are the most powerful thing in the universe. Somebody needs to write that down because... You believe the first, but you do the second. There's a bunch of us, and, and I'm talking to myself. I've been there. I had to learn the principle, still learning the principle. Faith-filled words will give you power and victory, but I'm telling you, fear-filled words will defeat you. 
defeats you every time. Man is a spirit as a spirit being, very capable of operating on the same level of faith as God. Design that way. Don't kid yourself. We're not weak. We're made in his image. Mark 9:23 says this. I want you to go to Mark. I want you to see this. All right? Go to Mark's gospel. Look at uh, Mark 9, verse 23. Now, understand something. They've come to Jesus. This kid has been demon-possessed since birth, okay? He has a demon in him, been that way since birth. They come to Jesus. Interesting statement in 9, 23. We'll go to 22, just in case, okay? Heck, just go to 21 so you'll like it better. Jesus asked the boy's father... How long has he been like this? It's a good question, okay? From childhood, he answered, 22. It, is, it has often taken him into the fire or water to kill him, this demon has. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. I love Jesus. If I can? Seriously, Jesus said, Everything is possible for him who believes. I mean, that's like asking Michael Jordan, if you can slam dunk that, can you? If I can, seriously, I'll slam dunk. I'll jump over you. I mean, asking Jesus if he can, Jesus is funny. Like, if I can, seriously, if I can, we pray that way sometimes. God, you know, it's me. If you can, if I can. Seriously. I think Jesus is like, next Next, I mean, come on, man. If that's all you're believing, you don't need him. If you can, it, it, it's bad, Lord. It's bad. It, you, I would tell you about it, but I don't have time. Like he doesn't know. How long? He didn't ask that question to that father because he did not know that. Understand? He asked that to verify to the father what's about to happen. And to all those watching since birth, if, if you can do it, if I can, hmm, if I can. Go to Matthew's gospel. Go back to Matthew chapter 17. Now, all I'm going to do is just read scripture, if y'all are good with that. All right, that's all I'm going to do. And then you can make your own judgment based on scripture. And you can do whatever you choose based on this whole series, okay, based on Scripture. This is not my opinion. I'm just going to read the Bible to you. And, and that's, to me, I'm, I'm good with the Bible. We, we, we say we're people of the book, then, all right, here we go. So Matthew 17, 20 says this. He replied, because you have so little faith, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Uh, nothing is impossible for you. Listen to me. Are you or are you not a king's kid? Do you speak like you're a king's kid? Because here's what I do know. If your daddy can whoop everybody else's daddy, you tell everybody. 
Is that not true? You go to school like, dude, listen to me. My dad whoop your dad's tail. When he's bored and tired, he can whoop your dad's tail. Because y'all talk smack at school, right? And so, listen, if you're king, if your God is a king, you pray like God's a king. You don't pray like he's a little wimp. Too many believers today are spirit-filled, got the power of the Holy Spirit living in them. And if you hear them pray, it's like God is dead, dead, dead. I mean, that's, that, he couldn't do nothing with that poor, pitiful, helpless prayer. You don't believe what you're saying. Why do you even need God to accomplish your prayer? Why? You're double-minded is what James says, double-minded. Man, these guys believed, believed, believed. Man, do we believe? Go to Mark. Mark's fun. Let's just stay there. Mark 11. Mark 11. I want to go, let's go 20, verse 20. In the morning... As they went along, they saw a fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Verse 22, have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth, if anyone says this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says, it will happen and be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Literally means, if you translate this verse in 22, have the God kind of faith. Have faith of God. Let me ask you this morning, do you have that kind of faith? You bold enough to pray like that? This is not a theory. It is a fact. It is a spiritual law, and it works. God never does anything without saying it first. God is a faith God. God releases his faith in his words. God releases his faith in his words. Listen to me. When you pray scripture, I promise you, you can't pray scripture without getting power and having victory. But you know what we pray? We pray the world. We pray what the world says. Yeah, God's dead. There's really no God. There really isn't. This Bible's old. It's irrelevant. I mean, nobody really believes anymore. There's like multiple gods. There's like many gods. There's many ways. So we, listening to all that junk and not having our minds transformed, transformed any longer, we, we, we get all this, and we start praying like this. And then it begins to put our life in motion. And then we start living that way. And if you listen to us long enough, even in church, we have conversations that sound like the world. We have conversations that sound defeated. 
We get in trouble in our marriages, and we talk like the world. Well, baby, maybe we're going to end up like those other couples. What? You don't utter that as believers. You don't even let that out of your mouth as believers. As a born-again child of the king and a wife and a husband, join in one and right in front of God, you claim his word on that marriage. You don't talk like the world. You talk like the world, and the enemy's like, whoa, you hear that? Oh, dude, they just gave us turf. I'm about to tear this house up. And then he's going to use every window and door to get in. And he's going to get all over your kids' lives, and he's going to wreck their lives. And then he's going to wreck their lives, and then it's going to trickle into your lives. And then mom and dad's going to be wrecked, and then y'all don't like each other. And then nobody talks, nobody prays, and nobody quotes Scripture over that house. I'm going to tell you, the enemy's laughing in our faces. We got believers married in a home, and we talk like the world. Can't do that. We can't talk like the world. Ephesians 5.1 says this, Be imitators of God, therefore as dearly loved children. Hello? Be imitators of God. So if we're going to be imitators of God, we got to have what? God kind of faith. We got to have God faith. You say, well, I, 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 I'm, just, I'm, I'm like Christ. Are you really? So, so you have faith like God. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Well, Scripture says, be imitators of God. Then we need to have the kind of faith that God operates in. Listen to me. Jesus operated in the faith principle in Matthew eleven twenty three and in Matthew seven twenty. Jesus operated the same way. Listen, when Jesus walked on this earth, he spoke to the wind. He spoke to the sea. He spoke to demons. He spoke to fig trees. And he spoke to dead men. And when the enemy started messing with him, guess what Jesus used against him? The word. Thank you. When the enemy messes with you, what do you use? Well, I, I stay away from church. I, I sure don't go to men's group. I don't even have quiet times. I'm scared to death. I don't do anything. Listen to me. You can't form a pity party circle and talk about the problem. you got to attack it with the word. Listen, there's relationship and love and hugs. Love and hugs are good. But you can love and hug after you quote Scripture in the face of the enemy. Or you can love and hug before, then quote scripture, then love and hug some more, okay, if you need to, all right? You can hold hands and sway pinkies if you want to, but you better sway some scripture. Because the only thing that's going to get his attention and give you power and victory is not church attendance, my friend. And it's not how many quiet times you had that week. And it's not that your dad's a deacon or an elder or your mom's a Sunday school teacher. It better be the word of God hidden in your heart that you quote back and spit in his face because he's going to spit in yours. And until we start living that way, we're going to keep getting our teeth kicked in. You want victory and you want power in your life? Quote scripture in prayer. Speak the word. Speak the word. You say, well, I don't know that much word. Well, get to know the word. Find your Bible or your phone, whatever you need. Get in the word. Get in the word. Get in the word. Get in the word. You say, man, I get it. No, you don't. 
Get in the word, okay? You got to get in the word and you got to use the word. That's how you win. That's how you have power. That's how you have victory. Jesus operated the same way. We talked about that. Jesus operated in the God kind of faith. Let me, let me ask you a question. How many of y'all in here had one of those grandmothers, I, I mean praying grandmother? I'm talking prayer grandmother. You don't mess with grandma. And How many of you? Bunch of you, because y'all told me. My grandmother, oh, Lord, she'd be up praying. You don't want my grandmother praying. You know what? You don't want grandma praying? Because she ain't praying the problem. Mm-mm. She's praying a word. She's praying the word. Some of you got a mom like that or a dad like that or a granddad like that. Listen to me. Grandma's power did not come from praying problems. Listen to me. If all you're going to do is go pray problems, you won't pray long. You just won't do it. Where are you out? Grandma will get in there and she'll start praying the word. And I'll guarantee you, as a teenage kid, you can drive all over this country and the word be biting your rear. You're like, go someplace, start doing something. should be having a great time. You're miserable. You don't want to do it. You don't know why. And your friends are like, dude, what's wrong with you? Have another. And like, oh, oh, I feel sick. Why do you feel sick? You drank 20 last weekend. I'm feeling sick right now. And you're like, in the back of your head, you're like, grandma's praying. I know she's praying. She's praying. She's messing my chili up. She's praying. She's praying the word. It's chasing you down. It knows your name. Trust me, the word knows your name. And when you pray that word, boy, whoo, the enemy's like, whoop. And then the Holy Spirit's all over you. And some of y'all are like, man, before I was ever saved, I was running from God. I was running hard from God. And I knew my grandmother was praying for me. I was set up, and I got saved because she never quit praying. That's exactly right. You will not outrun the word. You're not going to outrun the word. And you're not going to outrun praying the word, okay? I mean, wives pray for husbands. Husbands pray for wives, mom and daddy, husband, wife pray for children, grandparents pray for grandkids, y'all pray for other stuff. I'm telling you, man, the word is powerful, powerful. You won't outrun it. All Jesus did was operate in that God kind of faith. All he was doing is imitating the Father. Show that next slide, if you would, real quick. God's a faith God, and God released his faith in words. That's it. God's a faith God. And he releases power in his words. Listen to me. Are you operating like that? Are you operating like that? I want you to go to John's gospel. Once you see a cool text. Go to John 14. John 14. Let's start verse 5. Many of you are very familiar with this text. Use this a lot at, at funerals. The first part that we know very well that Jesus is going to prepare a place for you, and if he goes there, he'll come back and receive you in himself. Amen? So we're good on that. We, we know that one. I want you to begin in verse 5, John 14. Listen to these words. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way. I'm the truth, and I'm the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know the Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, 
and that will be enough for us. I'm going to stop right there. Will it? Will it? Show us the Father, and that'll be enough. How many of us have seen the Father do it? Is that enough? Is it enough? Are we still praying prayers like, well, I don't know if he can do that. That's hard. I mean, I know he did that dead man thing, but this is a tough one here. Oh, really? That's tough? Is it enough? What else, has got to, what else does he have to do to convince you that he's king? What else does he have to do to convince you he's a man of his word? How, what else does he have to do to convince you that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword? And I'm telling you, it'll penetrate, man. It'll penetrate. He's a doer of the word. He's a promise keeper. What else does he have to do? Disciples said, show us the Father. That'd be enough. Hmm. Is it? Jesus answered, verse 9. Do you not know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time? Anyone who's seen, has seen the Father, how can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I and the Father, that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it's the Father living in me who is doing the work. Believe me when I say, I in the Father, and the Father is in me or at least believe the evidence of the miracles themselves. I'll tell you the truth. Anyone who has a faith, who has faith in it will do what I say I am doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Listen to me. He that has the Spirit in them will do even greater things how many of you believe that you can do even greater things? How many of you pray you can do greater things? Because the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. Listen to me. Do not for one second say, oh, Jeff, he's up there praying that claim it, that, 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 that claim it stuff. Just, just claim it, just claim it, just claim it. Speak it and claim it, okay? That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is this. The same thing that happened in biblical worship where the charismatic movement scared the snot out of so many people, all right? So they took all emotions out of worship. And so you have churches that say, God is so good. Really? We serve a mighty God. Great is our God. All right, sit down. I mean, seriously, how great is he? Sometimes we sing songs about how great he is sitting down. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't have any idea. We'll stand up for a football game, but we'll sit down to say God's great. What? I'm sorry. That just makes no sense to me. We, we absolutely get scared because the charismatic people started jumping pews and handling snakes. And we say, oh, I ain't doing none of that. No, I ain't doing nothing. I'm going to sit down when I worship. Listen to me. They scared us away from biblical worship. So when you're reintroduced to the Holy Spirit in real worship, you don't know what to do. And then our hands go up and we're like, oh, geez. Oh, no. Man, my Velcro is wearing out. It won't stick. Honey, I got to get some more Velcro. My hands keep going up, and I don't even know why. And then you start, oh, Lord, I think, my, I think my feet move, Lord. Something's going on in my life. I need some heavier shoes or something. And then you start getting pumped up, excited. You meet the Holy Spirit, and you realize, you know what? 
All those people that worship like they're with their hands up and maybe even hop, they're not freaks. They're not freaks. They're okay. So these charismatic people scare us off from real worship. Let me tell you something else. The name and claim it people scared us off from quoting scripture and prayer. So now they say, well, I am name and claim it, preacher. I'm not going to be one of them name and claim it. I'm not asking you to name and claim it. I'm asking you to do what Jesus modeled when he imitated the Father and he spoke the word. Speak the word. You want power in your life? You want to see change in your life? You want to see God do something through your prayer life besides turn grass green, which he does automatically anyway? Then pray in Scripture. It's more than blessing your cheeseburger that your cholesterol doesn't go up. That's a sweet prayer. But our doctors will tell you it's going to happen anyway. All right? Get off the french fries. But it's going to happen. Quit praying that kind of stuff and pray power. I was sitting in a deacon's meeting when I was on staff at First Baptist Church in El Dorado, Arkansas. Big old high-fluent church downtown. Had more money, more widows that had gas and oil rights. Their husband died when they were in the 50s. They had BMWs and big old hats. I thought it was a Kentucky Derby. Every Sunday. I never, we had to get, we had to get wider doors, get hats in. I mean, it's crazy, man. And so I'm in a deacon's meeting. There's about 60 guys, 830, praying over our pastor. And so we get done. He's talking about the prayer, talking about the morning, all this other stuff. And so he asked some people to pray. And so these guys start praying. There's three of them that have to pray, and then they ask me to close. And I'm not very old, okay? I'm maybe 28, 29, something like that. I don't know any better. All right, so, so they go, <clears throat> I thought, Lord, are we praying or what are we doing here? I never heard them like grunting, clearing throats, adjusting belts. I'm like, dude, just pray. And then they started using these words. I'm like, Lord, help. And so I've been trying to practice this principle of just praying the word. So it got to me, and I said, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord shall be praised. Amen. I just walked out, and they're all going. They don't even move. So one young deacon comes up to me during the worship service. He said, hey, man, thanks for praying like that. It's sweet. And then about 20 minutes later, after I started feeling real good about myself, Chairman Deacons came up to me and says, you do that again, you won't be here. All right? I like electricity at 28, just got married. I want to impress my wife by having the gas turned off and electricity turned off. So I shut it down. I quit praying scripture. He scared me to death. There's a spirit of man that got on me, and I didn't pray it for a long time. You do that again, you won't be here. Do what? Uh... All it is, pray, it's in the Bible, dude. Psalm 113.3, 1133. That's all I did. I used to get Brett and Natalie, we take it to school. That's what we used to do. Natalie, she's like, we're going to say that again, Dad. We're going to pray that again. All right? So I stopped. For years, I stopped. For years. Probably 10. Came out here to the panhandle. Started driving from Bush and Amarillo to go on staff. Here's what my morning looks like. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord shall be praised. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. God, you knit me together in my mother's wombs, and I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And all the days of my life have been ordained by you, and there is nothing that will happen today that hasn't been ordained by you. 
Lord, I will let love and faithfulness never leave me. May I bind them around my neck and write them on the tablets of my heart that I might win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. I will trust in the Lord with all my heart, and I will lean not on my own understanding, but in all of my ways I will acknowledge you, and you will direct my path. All the way, every morning, is speaking that. Now, trust me, when I say I'm praying, I didn't have my eyes closed going to I-40. I was just talking, okay, my eyes open. Still do it to this day. Still do it to this day. You walk around the church, walk around my house, cup of coffee, whatever. I'm just, that's all I do. Because listen to me, the days I don't do it, I'm going to feel the same. I don't have no power. Things are happening, you know what I do? I accept them. What? Or I'm in a store and I see somebody and I know I saw them and I should have prayed. I should have said something. I didn't do it. But the mornings that I wake up and I just speak the word, the whole morning, this is what I wake up to, speaking. Because usually out of that is what Paxson always sees, me humming. Because usually when I do that right there, when I get up, I start doing that, this song just, in the middle of that, the song, just some song comes. may not be the same words all through the song because, you know, I mix them up quite a bit, but, but it's a song, okay? It's worship. But that's what I do. Listen to me. I know as a pastor, I've learned the principle when I don't do that, I'm flat. I promise you I'm flat. But when I do do it, I have power. And it's not from me. I see it different. I hear it different. I'm a different dude. It's not because of me. I Trust me, there's nothing good about me. Okay, It's all about the word. That word is powerful, man. I don't know what you look like, what you do, what you, how you, how you do your thing. But I'm going to tell you, if you're like me and you were trapped and life meant nothing, I had no victory, I had no power, I never saw anything happen in my prayer life. When God changed me, man, about praying scripture, everything changed. Everything changed. So I'm going to challenge you. I don't think I got any chickens. If you're scared, say you're scared. Go ahead and stand, all right? But I'm telling you, don't be scared. Just take a challenge. And for this week, just from now to Sunday morning, just pray, pray the word. Just pray the word. What do you got to lose? How's, how's it working right now for you? I mean, anything be different, right? Just pray the word. Just pray the word. So why does this, why does this spiritual law work? <laughs> because God said it. That's it. That's why it works. It's a powerful principle. Listen to me. These principles of faith are based on a spiritual law. God said it, okay? They work for whosoever will apply these laws. You set them in motion by the words of your mouth. Listen to me. Two things are going to go in motion when you get up in the morning. And you're going to speak them out of your mouth. And they're either going to be victory or they're going to be defeat. You say, well, I'm not, I don't speak anything. Not to the side is to the side. Amen? If you don't claim it, then you've claimed it. You claim the turf, you claim the word, and you speak the word. Okay? Listen, let me ask you a question. We're going to get out of here. Do you really want all the negative things that you've been confessing to come true? <laughs> really? Do you really want all that to come true? Are you believing those things? God, this is what I confess is what I want to come true. No, it's not. If you don't want them to come true, don't speak them. 
Quit speaking them. As believers, quit speaking them and speak the truth. Quote the scripture. Jesus did it. And listen to me. If Jesus needed this quote scripture to get the enemy's attention, I think we do. If good enough for Jesus, good enough for me. If Jesus needed, I know I need it. I mean, come on, guys. Seriously, you think just because you were hatched, the principles change? All Jesus needed scripture, but I don't. I'm good. <laughs> I'm so good. No, you're not. You need a new mirror, but you're not good, okay? You need to quote the scripture. Hide the word in your heart that you might not sin against him. Quote the scripture. It's powerful. As we move to a time of invitation this morning, I simply want to ask you, will you take the challenge? I mean, seriously, do you want all the negative stuff you're confessing to really come true? Then stop confessing it. If you want to see victory and power in your life, quote Scripture, speak Scripture, pray Scripture. Let's pray together. Father, this morning, just a little bit, God, we're going to stand for a time of invitation. Father, it's our chance to respond to the spoken word. God, whatever you have said to us today, I pray, Father, that we are doers of the word. God, if we're going to be doers of the word, we need to be doers of the word. You modeled it for us, Jesus. You said there's power in my words. God, I pray that we adopt that principle, that law, that spiritual law, and put it to practice in our lives. This morning, God, I pray, Father, that you have stirred our hearts in this area. God, there may be family here looking for a church home. God, I pray that you'll lead them here. God, if there's somebody that's sounding my voice that says, preacher, I don't have power in my life. I don't see God do anything to my prayer life. I don't even know much scripture. And the reason I don't, because I never met you. I never met you. I don't know you, but I want to meet you for the very first time in my life, you'd come this morning and say, I need to give my life to Christ and be saved, no matter what my age is. So God, this morning, during the invitation, I pray you own it. I pray there's no distractions. I know it's later than normal, but don't remind us of that. Don't let the enemy say, well, we've been in here a long time. God, I pray you block it all out and let us enjoy the presence of the King today. And if you said something to us, God, I pray you would move us today to do that. If you need to come to the altar, it's open. These folks would love to pray for you and pray over you. But whatever God said, you do today in Christ's name. Amen. I'm gonna-